This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered him, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. From an early age, most of us are taught to not stand out. But in today's reading, we're told that we should actually be more concerned with not blending in. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, it says in the book of Romans. Except that's not exactly what it says. That's how most English versions read. Do not be conformed to this world. But the original Greek can also mean, do not be conformed to this age. And I know, I know what you're thinking. That this is the second sermon in a row that I've talked about Greek. And that's true. But as I've told you in the past, referencing Greek words is just something I have to do from time to time to impress you and to prove that I went to seminary, but I don't want you to worry. I don't plan to make a habit of it. It's just that this time, I think it really makes a difference. It makes a difference to know that this Greek word refers to an age, an era of time and its culture. Like when we say the Middle Ages, or the Gilded Age, or the Age of Aquarius. All of those were very different times, almost different worlds. And Paul is writing about his age. He lived at a time when the Roman Empire ruled a large portion of the earth. It was a powerhouse. The empire conquered so many nations and lands, and and the way it kept peace across an area that contained such a variety of languages, traditions, cultures, religions, the way it held it all together was through domination, fear, and the threat of violence. You step out of line even a little bit, Rome would crush you. Based on some stories I've had heard, that's kind of how confirmation was in this church at some times. <laughs> Listen, the whole culture was about hierarchy and domination. Wealth and power were heavily concentrated and hoarded by just a few people. 
Almost all of the relationships were based on social status and power. Everyone knew exactly where they stood in the pecking order, and it was perfectly acceptable to use force of all kinds to dominate those who were beneath you. I think it's hard to wrap our minds around just how different this culture was from ours today. After all, our nation was founded with words that declared it was self-evident that all people are created equal. And even though we have failed to live up to those words fully since the moment they were written, they've still existed as like this fundamental value and goal of our current age. And that itself is a massive shift from the time in which Paul lived. Not only was equality not being pursued, it wasn't even being contemplated or considered. There wasn't even a word for it. Everyone knew. Some people were better than others. More important. More significant. More valuable. In fact, the empire even had an image that they used to help reinforce this hierarchy. The image of a body. People were told they were a small part of a larger body, and they just had to know and accept their place. You, you're a foot, which is a bummer because that means you're at the bottom. You're going to be sore and carry heavy loads and probably smell most of the time, but that's the way it is. And and you, you're a hand, so you're going to toil and labor under the control of someone else who is better than you, and that's just your lot in life. Everyone knows that some parts of the body are more important, some parts are in charge, some parts matter more, and others don't. That's just reality. How the world is, how it was created to be. This is the age in which Paul lived. Do not be conformed to this age, he said. So it's no wonder why throughout all his letters, Paul wrote so much about seeking the common good and not just your own good. About creating relationships and communities that are based on mutual respect and honor. Why he constantly said that those who are stronger should willingly give away their power to help those who are weaker. Why he said there's no place for pride amongst followers of Jesus. Why he dared to write that there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Those words were beautiful, but they were also deeply subversive and countercultural. And that's especially true in the way he wrote about being part of a body. He took this common image used to demean and control people and flipped it on its head, no pun intended. He started with the same image and came to the exact opposite conclusion. That if we're all part of a body, that means we're all necessary. We're all valuable. We're all important. That we're equal and we belong to each other. 
Our differences are not cause for hierarchy or division or judgment, but rather are gifts from God to celebrate and embrace. For a body to be healthy, Paul knew, all the parts had to be treated with respect and care so it could work together in harmony. Paul loved this image so much that he wrote about it for years. He envisioned the church as a countercultural place that offered this liberating and enduring truth, the truth that all people are made in God's image, that all people are loved by God, that all people are offered redemption in Jesus Christ, and all people have a place to belong. Do not be conformed to this age, he wrote, but be transformed. And then Paul showed the people of his age exactly where they needed God's transformation. This week, as I was full of a house full of screaming kids down at Long Beach Island, New Jersey, I wondered, as I struggled to write this sermon, I wondered if Paul was writing a letter to us today, warning us to not conform to this age, I wonder what he would say. Perhaps he would warn us about this age's culture of consumerism that tells us we need more and bigger and newer and that we can use this world however we want without consequence. Or or would he use some sort of image to talk about materialism and the danger of finding our identity, our purpose, our value in stuff rather than in God? Surely, he would warn us that the political partisanship of this age is dangerous and that our identity as followers of Jesus comes first and is meant to inform our political views and not the other way around. And when politics becomes a type of religion, we are in need of transformation. I wonder if he would warn us about the dangers of nostalgia, of trying to live in the past and remind us that you can't live life backwards, but only by moving forward and trusting God each day. Or maybe maybe he would just reach for that same tried and true image of the body and remind us that all the divisions and walls we're creating between people don't reflect God's reality. That all the people we vilify are part of the same body and we belong to each other. That all those we choose to dehumanize are made in God's image and we're called to love them. We all know that this world is not the way God wants it to be. We feel it that this world is not the way it should be, the way it could be. And I don't know how to fix most of the world's problems, but here's one thing I do know. We're not going to get there by doubling down on the broken ways of thinking and being and acting that define this age. I was reminded of that last month when my nephew came to visit. One morning I walked down into the kitchen wearing a shirt that said, love your enemies. And he looked at it and said, love my enemies? Why would I want to do that? He was just utterly 
mystified and confused. So I asked him, where has hating our enemies gotten us? Of course, just a few hours later, it was my heart that was full of rage and hate as I raced down the highway trying to catch the person who had cut me off so I could do the exact same thing to them and give them a piece of my mind. We all need to be transformed. Our spirits, our minds, our hearts, our ways of thinking, our whole worldviews, we need God to transform them, to transform us. And being transformed will mean inevitably that we stick out. Most of us don't want to stand out. It's uncomfortable and it's hard. We would much rather blend in. But there's danger, Paul says, in conforming to the ways of this age because so many of them are broken and whether we realize it or not, they will hurt other people and eventually harm us. You know, I bet Peter didn't want to stand out either. When he declared in our gospel reading today that Jesus was the Messiah, the son of the living God, it put him at odds with the Roman Empire. It ostracized him from his Jewish roots. It carried all sorts of social consequences. But he couldn't stop himself. He had gotten a glimpse of what Jesus had to offer, who Jesus was. He was being transformed by God. He realized that blending in with the ways of his age was worse than sticking out. How could he choose conformation when God was offering transformation? So this morning, I say to you, stand out. At least we get to do it together. It might be uncomfortable, but Jesus promised that no powers of evil will be able to overcome or defeat the church. Through our Words and actions, let us inform this world that anything that seeks to deform the image of God in others or misinform us will not have a platform. That God has come to perform the unthinkable, which is to reform and transform everything, including us, until all things take on the form of the one who was cruciform, Jesus Christ. So may we not be conformed to this age, but instead remain open to being transformed by God. Amen.